great to be with you all this morning. And it's great the heating's working, isn't it? Today I want to talk to you about how to be ready for Jesus' return. If there's an event looming on the horizon, how do you react? Some of us panic, we get anxious, we're a bit antsy, we get flustered, we're stressed. Some of us calmly prepare and we do everything we can to manage and mitigate how things are going to work out. I'm married to one of those. When Olivia, she was seven and a half months pregnant, the bag was ready for the hospital and it was by the front door. We were ready when the baby arrived. Some of us bury our heads in the sand. I remember Dad asking me, he said, David, there's this event coming up. Please reply to Mum's emails. And I was just trying to ignore the problem, <laughs> hoping it's all going to be okay. We're a little bit like an ostrich in that moment. It probably depends on what the event is. Well, let's read the final words of the Bible, as it tells us about an event coming up, the return of Jesus Christ. So if you've got the Bible in in the chair in front of you, turn to the, the final pages, page 1251, Revelation chapter 22. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits and of the prophets, of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets. And with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha And the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. 
He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to hear what it has to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're going to hear is final, and it's very important. We're about to enter the season of Advent, as Gary reminded us at the start of the service. And Advent is the time when the church remembers when Christ first came as a baby. And we have our Advent calendars opening the door each day to remember his birth. But we also remember that Jesus is coming back in Advent. His second coming. I heard the new birth is mentioned in the Bible nine times. Baptism is mentioned 52 times. Repentance is mentioned 80 times. The second coming of Jesus is mentioned 1,500 times in the Old Testament, 300 times in the New Testament. Well, you might be thinking, this is a load of rubbish. Jesus coming back, it sounds like fantasy, David. Well, Apostle John gives us a few reasons to listen to this and take it seriously. He says, verse 6, what we're going to hear is true. He says, these words are trustworthy and true. It's not fake news. Can't ignore it. He says it's stuff to live by. Verse 7, behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. This is not simple theory. It's practical, down-to-earth truths that need to affect our lives. And what we're going to hear is final. Look at verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described. If anyone takes away from the words of this book, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city. Don't ignore today's message. What we've heard the last month as we've had a few weeks in Revelation We don't add to the Bible, and we don't subtract from it. And what we need to hear from today's reading is this. Jesus will return. Jesus will return. It's going to be a sudden, personal, visible, bodily return of Jesus. Verse 7. Behold, I am coming soon. Verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon. Verse 20, surely I am coming soon. Three times Jesus says, I am coming soon. We could have the first slide up. When Olivia tells me something multiple times, it's because she wants me to take note of something. She really wants me to hear what she's saying. She's, she wants it to get into that thick skull of mine. Sometimes it does get in there. Jesus says to these Christians in Turkey in the first century, he says, I'm coming soon. Did you get it? I'm coming soon. By the way, I'm coming soon. And he says it to us today in London in the 21st century. He says, guys, I'm coming soon. Did you hear it? I'm coming soon. Final time in case you didn't get it. I'm coming soon. 
It's going to be sudden. We don't know when. Soon, the, the sense of soon is that it's imminent. Jesus' return soon means we need to anticipate it. When Olivia was pregnant with Susanna, I knew this baby was coming for nine months. I had nine months of warning, but I was completely flustered. I was completely surprised when the baby arrived. And my mother-in-law's here. I, I was really stressing. I had to drive down the bus lane, and for some crazy reason, TFL decided not to give me a ticket. I don't know why. But I went through the bus lane to race to get to hospital. By the fourth baby, babies come very, very, very quickly. And I did, I've had friends delivering babies in car parks at hospitals. That was not going to be me. <laughs> I was taken completely by surprise. Matthew 24 says, The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The message translation says, You have no idea when the Son of Man is going to show up. It's going to be personal. It's going to be bodily. Jesus ascends to heaven and the angels say, This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go to heaven. He's going to come back in the same way. It's going to be personal and bodily, and it's going to be visible. Everyone will see that Jesus returns. Right at the beginning of Revelation, it says, He is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. Jesus will return. Now, you might have a few questions, and some very good questions, I think, you'll probably be asking. Question one, could Christ come back any time? Or could we predict when he's coming back? Now, there's certain things we don't know about the second coming. And there are certain things that we do know about the second coming. So, for example, we don't know when he's coming back. Jesus makes it clear to the disciples. He's on the Sermon on the Mount. So he's he's talking to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. beg your pardon. And he says, no one knows the day or the hour of his coming, not the angels in heaven, not the Son, but only the Father. So we don't know when he's coming back, but we do know some things. He, he says, look at the fig tree. We were just on Putney Heath last night. The fig tree was losing all its leaves. And Jesus said, look at the fig tree. You know when... It's about to be summer because the leaves are coming out and the fruit will start to emerge. Jesus said to his disciples, look for the signs of his coming. So what are the signs? He says, we'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. He says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famine and earthquakes in places. All these are the beginnings. They're like birth pains of this new creation that Ollie told us about last week. So that's one of the signs. He also said, Jesus said, the gospel's got to go out to every single nation. Every people group has got to hear about Jesus before he returns. So that's one of the things we do know about his return. We are living in the midst of the the greatest world evangelization right now. This period we are living in is the greatest world evangelization It might not feel like it in London or in England, but globally the gospel is going like it's never done before. I read a book called A Wind in the House of Islam. 
Really interesting book. And this guy, he'd done this research, and he, he tracked movements of Christians coming, so Muslims coming to faith in Christ. And he just defined a movement. He said a movement is either a thousand Muslims turning to Jesus, being baptized, or or a hundred churches being planted. They might be small house churches, but a hundred churches. That he defined that as a movement. He said in the first thirteen centuries of Islam, there were five movements. Last century, the the twentieth century, there were eleven movements. In the last 23 years, this century alone, we've had 69 movements of people coming to Jesus. The gospel is spreading at an unprecedented rate across the world right now. So that's another of the signs. Jesus said there'd be an antichrist, someone utterly evil, who'd have extraordinary power and would deceive many. That, um, I'm sure if you lived during World War II, you thought... Hitler was the Antichrist. But we've, we've had lots of despotic leaders emerge who've had great power and tyranny. In each of these sort of signs that you look for, it's possible but unlikely that these signs have happened. In each age, we've seen wars and famines. We've seen the gospel spread. We've seen Antichrist-like figures emerge. So could Christ come back at any time? Uh, Yes, he could. Could we predict when he comes back? No. Question two, why has Jesus not come back yet? He said he's coming back soon. Why has he not come back yet? I've been reflecting on a little verse this week. Um, One of Jesus' closest friends was Peter, as you know. And he said in to Peter, he said, God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Why has Jesus not come back yet? God is delaying Jesus' return because he wants people to turn to him. God wants people on my street to turn to him. God wants people in our families to turn to him. God wants people that we interact with to turn to him. I discovered the lady at the till. I go, I do the weekly shop. And the lady at the till, she lives just around the corner. She used to work at a nursery on Beaumont Road. I said, would you come to our carol service? Jesus wants her to repent. And that's why God came the first time. He came on a rescue mission to save us from our greatest problem, that we don't love God and we don't love others in the way that we're supposed to, we're designed to. Jesus' first arrival to a humble, poor family in Israel led him on a path of suffering to the cross. And on the cross, he perished so that we might not perish. He preached repentance so that all might repent. But he knows many won't repent. And he knows many will perish as a result. 
We've had 2,000 years of his patience. Every year that goes by is another year of his patience. But we can't presume upon his patience. And the day of the Lord, we're told, will come like a thief. Jesus will return. So what? So yearn for his return. That's our second point. Our second slide can come up. Yearn for his return. Long for, earnestly desire, pray for, let your heart yearn for Jesus to come back. Look down at verse 20 with me. Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The response when Jesus says I'm coming soon is, Lord, please come back. If you look on Wikipedia's page, I saw it this week, there's a, there's a page which has predictions and claims for the second coming of Christ. And that list, it's, it's a long page. But the more recent we get, the, more, the longer that page gets. Because a lot of people have tried to predict when Jesus comes back. I remember reading of people who, they quit their jobs, they sell their property, and they wait and they, they have big billboards. Jesus is coming soon. And they, they're waiting for Jesus because they know the date that he's coming. And then that date rolls around. And he hasn't returned. I think they've missed the point. We don't know when Jesus will return. But longing for his return is a good thing. How do we, what does that do for us? I think it should make us less less earthly-minded. There's um, a professor called Wayne Grudem, and he said, the more Christians are caught up in enjoying the good things of this life, and the more they neglect genuine Christian fellowship and their personal relationship with Christ, the less they long for his return. To some extent, the degree to which we actually long for Christ's return is a measure of the spiritual condition of our own lives at the moment. To some extent, the degree to which we actually long for Christ's return is a measure of our spiritual condition in our hearts. Living for, in light of Jesus' return, leads us to holiness. It spurs us to cut off those things that are preventing us from loving Jesus more. Maybe we're just enjoying the good things of life a bit too much. I have a tendency not to be ready. Um, we had a, some people around for dinner a few months ago in the summer. And uh, Olivia had been at a play date with the kids uh, that afternoon, and it had overran. It, it should never be play date straight into dinner, but it was that day. And we were trying to make good first impressions to these people coming, except we were. F- I was failing. I was in a sweaty shirt, trying to get this curry on. I was wearing shorts and socks with holes in them. You should never be wearing shorts and socks together. Not holy one. I mean, it was a disaster. And our guests arrive. The coriander needs chopping up. I get one of them to do that. One of them needs to help get the seeds out of the pomegranate. Someone's help laying the table. I mean, it was terrible. Olivia walks in. Our guests have already arrived. And she goes, is the pudding ready? What, the pudding that you're preparing? No, it's not ready. So she's on Deliveroo or ordering pudding. I've never wasted money 
ordering pudding on delivery, but she did that day because it was so drastic. It was terrible first impressions. Weeks later, um, our landlord says she's coming around. And we're like, we'd quite like to get our deposit back. So we, we make sure the house is in order. We're, on my days off, I clean the loose and the kitchen. So I'm cleaning them. And Olivia's puffing up the cushions. And she goes, David, remember, sweep up all the dust. You know how in these terrace houses... The, the wind just sweeps all the leaves and the dust into just by your front, the wall, just behind there. So I had to get all that out. I had to get all the weeds out with my hands. Yes, darling, I'll do it all. And um, the, she arrives, and we get our deposit back. She's quite impressed, actually, apparently. We looked after it. If you know Jesus is coming, you get things in order in your life. The stakes are high when someone's returning, and the stakes could not be higher with Jesus' return. Maybe there's something getting in the way of your relationship with Christ. Maybe this Advent, amongst all the feasting, there might be one thing that you want to fast on and say, that's just actually stopping me from... I want to show Jesus that I'm really seeking his kingdom first. Maybe this Advent, by the power of his Holy Spirit, he could help you long for his return. So yearning for Jesus' return spurs us to holiness. It also spurs us, it provokes us to sharing the good news. I heard of a terrible pileup um, in America four weeks ago. You might have seen it on the news, actually. There was really terrible fog, and 158 cars were smashed up right in front of the other, just crushing their way down this highway. Lots of, a few people died, and loads were burnt-out wrecks. I bet those people wish they'd been warned about it, about what was ahead of them, Yearning for Jesus' return should make us generously share the good news. Remember that verse. God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Maybe you've got some friends with primary school age children. Could you invite them? We've invited all the local schools. Could you invite them to join us next week for our nativity? It'll be 10 minutes at the start of service, then they'll go off and have activities and games next door. And the adults will hear the good news about Jesus. Or invite them to the Christingle. We're going to have a Christingle on the 24th. Or maybe you've got friends who love a traditional carol service. I think it's the easiest invite in the whole year. Most people love a traditional carol service. Could you invite some friends to that? Say, let's go out for pizza beforehand and then we'll go up to the carol service and have mulled wine and mince pies after. The music's going to be amazing, as it always is here, for the carol service. A friend reminded me, it's not a failure if we invite people and they don't turn up. It's only a failure if we don't invite them. We can't 
make anyone come to church. Only God can do that. But we can invite them. Jesus is coming soon. So yearn for his return. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are coming back soon. Thank you that the gospel is going to all corners of the world right now. More people are trusting in Jesus today than were yesterday. And thank you for this reminder that we need to get our lives in order in light of your return. Lord, help us. Maybe there's something in our lives that we need to really address this Advent. Maybe there's some friends who we just long for them to come to know you, Lord. Give us the courage this Christmas to invite them to an event. That they come and meet you because we know you're going to change their life if you meet them. So we pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen.